Hi, this is Serena, founder and director of Breaking Taboo. Welcome to our video audio podcast. Today, I am here with Dan Richards, who is a professional life liver, self-proclaimed. <laughs> so I love that. What is that all about? <laughs> what um, does that it's mean? It's different, isn't it? Um, so I love talking to people and you know, what a better way um, than breaking the ice and just getting people a, a bit of a surprise because guaranteed, if you don't, it's the arm. And it's like, uh-huh. people are like, I, 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 I don't know how to address this. So like, professional life liver, and it kind of lies and then get down to the nitty gritty. Yeah, well, I mean, I love it because aren't, aren't we all kind of professional life livers? I mean, why are we, you know, I just had a whole post about this, about like, why is it that, you know, as a society, we're so locked into our professions? You know, it's like, that's the first thing that people really uh, want to know. Like, what do you do? And I don't know, what's a better way to ask to get to know someone? I think, do you know what? Just a conversation, like just be genuinely interested in what the person has to say. And it's like every single person has got a story. And if you're mm-hmm. willing to listen, you'll find yourself quite humbled by a lot of them. Um, with that said, Dan, <laughs> I'd like to get into what's your story. <laughs> so, so my story really, I mean, um, really goes back to like being eight years old. Um, I grew up in a military family and... And that was, you know, off the back of that, um, watching my dad go off to work um, in his army uniform, because he was in the military, he was in the army as well, but watching him every day go off to work in his, in his, in his um, fatigues, um, I, I said at eight years old to my mum my and dad, I said, when I'm old enough, mm. I'm going to join the army and be just like dad. And, and that's exactly what I did. So from a very, very young age, exactly where I want to go, um, I know exactly who I want to be and where I'm going. Um, and I had everything planned out. Uh, and that's exactly what I did. And uh, at 17, I, off I went and started, um, I think we call it, we, well, we call it basic training. In the States, we call it boot camp. So mm-hmm. then in total, I spent 10 years in the, uh, in the British Army. Um, wow, that's a long time. I had Wait, Sorry, how, how long is uh, boot camp or uh, basic training in England, in the UK? So it... It really depends on what you do, so the trade that you do, so the, the career you want to do in the military. I it's see. all very different and, and, and time, uh, time dependent. So, I mean, okay. for me, it was three months. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. um, very hard kind of lessons to be learned, if you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the first 12 weeks, the first six weeks, if you like, are all about breaking you down mm-hmm. uh, and... and weeding out the, the the ones that aren't mentally robust enough to, to, to put up with it mm-hmm. um, and then after those first six weeks it's about building you up into who the the ability want you to be you know self self-sufficient self-reliant you know um, installing the core values in you um, for you to take away onto mm-hmm. whatever sort of trade you go on to do so now see that's actually you learn a lot very very quickly and if you yeah. don't learn um, you, you, you will learn. <laughs> yeah, how, uh, just curious, how is the UK with veterans? Like, how does the, the UK treat veterans? Like, do you have a lot of um, good uh, services after you, because honestly, um, I, I feel like the US yeah. does not do a good job. That's just my opinion. A lot of people's opinions, yeah. like, like we often forget, unfortunately, about our veterans here, which I just find like appalling, but, um, and very unfortunate. But yeah, how's the UK with that? 
Um, do you know what? I certainly think if it wasn't for the charities out here, um, it would be a lot worse off than it, than, than, than it is. I mean, I don't know what the figures are, but the, the, the veteran homelessness um, is, it, well, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be a figure, to be honest. Um, yeah. uh, the same with veteran suicide as well. I, I don't know what the exact figures are, but, you know, for me, you've got people who volunteer to go and do whatever country's dirty work. Um, right. And when they come back, exactly, it's kind of like you're, you're, you're just an expendable resource, really. Um, right. And it's, I mean, it's yeah, not you, at all. you give I your, you risk your life. Than, yeah. Sorry, you Pardon? were saying what? <laughs> I said uh, uh, you risk your life. I mean, that's the one thing that I, I don't understand is people go, they risk their lives for their country and then they come back and they're treated like crap, you know, and I just like never, can never understand that ever. Um, I have a lot of friends who are veterans, um, actually, and it's just appalling, baffling. I just think for the most part, the worst people of society get treated, you know, a damn sight better than veterans and i i don't i don't know i can't speak for the us but certainly um in the uk you know the, the you know the, the 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 scumbags of society that do awful things to innocent people um get treated a, a lot better than a lot of the veteran community um mm -hmm. i mean i mean the, interesting the yeah. homelessness for one thing i mean i if you, if you, it, I was having a conversation with someone a, a while ago, and yeah, he he was in the military, and he basically fallen on hard times. Um, you know, he, 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 he couldn't get help. He turned to alcohol, and just the whole world fell apart. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I saw him, what? Um, over the course of a month, I saw him about five times at the same place, mm -hmm. and during that month, um, he. Um, he'd managed to get himself accommodation and um, mm -hmm. I think an interview as well for a job. So there is help out there, but it's, it's not a lot of, a lot of veterans don't know about the help that's out there. So I mean, you've got the obvious ones over here. We have big charities like help for heroes, Belesma, the Royal British Legion. There's, there's so many charities out there. But then there's the ones in between that do that do sort of the work, um, like the smaller ones they, that they people small, don't really do smaller work, hear about. Smaller, lesser known charities that do amazing yeah. things. Yeah. But yeah. the thing is, because because they're not as well known, mm -hmm. people don't know a lot about them, and mm -hmm. and and so it's. it's That's what I feel about they, breaking taboo probably, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I totally know what you're saying. Yeah. No. Oftentimes, those uh, smaller charities work their butts off, you know, to be able to um, but a little recognition. Amazing things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, everyone has to start somewhere. So you know, that's a. Uh, <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's it's always good to um, get supporters and stuff. But um, um. So I wanted to ask, uh, of course. Um. Uh, uh. Was it through the um. Uh, Afghanistan that you lost your arm or how did you how did that happen it wasn't actually no I oh. came back I came back completely unscathed um shortly after Afghanistan I went trekking through Nepal in the Himalayas so uh, again a, a little bit more worldly experience learning about different cultures um I remember I said 
I'm going to be a farrier, but before I do that, I've, I've got some boxes to take. I want to do an operational tour. I want to do some adventurous training. So I did Afghanistan. I did Nepal. I said, right, I'm ready to focus on now uh, what I'm going to do for the rest of my career in the military and the rest of my life really, until I retire. Um, and we had um, one of the big parades going on. So Troop in the Colour, Queen's Birthday Parade. And so it was agreed that once we'd finished that, this was 2009 now, once we'd finished that, um, I would go back to the stables um, and, and start working my way into the forge where the farriers work. Um, and we did one, we did one full dress rehearsal. Um, so you, you always do a, a full, everyone's in full regalia, full uniforms, uh, crowds are watching, bands, and, and, and the guards marching around, um, full on parade, just not the actual one, it's just a rehearsal. And um, I did the first full dress rehearsal. The following day, uh, I went out of the barracks. On my way back, I was on my motorbike. I, I had a, a crash, a crash into central reservation. And mm. I woke up four days later in hospital. My, my arm and shoulder had been amputated. So, wow. um, so I have it was no a, idea what happened. So it was because you were on a motorbike. Motorbike as a motorcycle or as a... Motorcycle. Yeah, okay. motorcycle. Okay. Um, so it was a motorcycle accident. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Kind of. How did you feel like when you woke up from it? Um, when I woke up from hos uh, in hospital... Um, and you realized that... Yeah, and you realized that your, your arm was gone. Like, how did that... How I did had no feel? idea to start with. Oh, wow. I had no idea. Um, so I was, I was in a coma. I was put into a coma in the road. Um, um, and I was woken up sort of three days later in hospital, I think, three, two, three days later. I can still see it now. My mum and my dad were looking over me. Yeah, no, the, the, um, the doctor woke me up, gave me the good news, told me, you know, what's happened, what the situation is. And when they said, but unfortunately, after six and a half hours of surgery, we were unable to save your arm and shoulder, um, I looked over and where this should have been was the pillow. There was nothing there. And I got a little bit upset. Um, and I just pulled the nurse. Uh, I said, I said, okay, is, is the plumbing still attached and working? Um, and she said, no, that's absolutely fine. Uh, <laughs> and it got a few laughs. It got a few laughs. Yeah. And I suppose looking back at that moment now, that's the moment I accepted my situation for what it was. I, mean, I was only young. I was 23 at the time. Oh, um, wow. but, um, she said, no, um, that's all fine down there. That's all attached and that's all fine. And I said, well, you know what? Nothing else really matters. There's people worse off than me, isn't there? This is a scratch compared to some. I can get over this. And mm -hmm. um, I suppose, yeah, like I just said, you know, looking back on that moment, that's the moment I accepted my situation. But that in itself afforded me the mental capacity, if you like, to get used to this new way of life. You know, my, my right arm's gone. Mm -hmm. I was right-hand dominant. So I had to learn everything uh, left-handed, um, mm -hmm. everything from writing to eating to you know, getting dressed and, and all, all, all the nitty-gritty bits in between. But um, um, So that was pretty, uh, I, pretty soon, it sounds like. You accepted it right there um, in the hospital bed uh, relatively soon compared to, I'm saying, compared to a lot of people. I mean, some people never accept it. Some people take years. I mean, it's, that's actually quite amazing. Yeah, I mean, in a way, I suppose I, I had accepted it. 
Um, I suppose I found out three years later when I left the military, um, it all sort of came back to me. But, um, you know, that's a little bit later on. But, um, yeah, it's, I suppose I, I put a lot of it down to being in the military. I mean, you're, you're, it's kind of drilled into you um, mm. from the early, early days of boot camp, basic training. Um, you need to be self-reliant, self-sufficient. So, it, you know, making the best out of the worst situation. You know, if you just focus on one problem, you know, what, what aren't you focusing on? So you kind of have to just step back from everything take a, and look at it from like a third person perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, because one, one thing's going wrong or has gone wrong or it's mm-hmm. gone completely sort of pear-shaped. If you focus on that one thing, what are you not focusing on? What, what else could go wrong? Because then, and that's kind of how... That's what the military teaches is don't focus I, on I the one thing that yeah, goes in wrong. A way, in a way, but... I mean, that's pretty wise, yeah. Yeah, it's... I put a lot of that. I put a lot of the early days, yeah, of of post injury. I put a lot of it down to, you know, being in the military and the military mm-hmm. training I received. Um, but I, I suppose the way I looked at it, saying that there's people worse off than me. You know, there are people living in a lot worse situations than I than I, than I do. Mm-hmm. That deal that you know that cope with it, or they, they they make it their normal. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I was very keen to make this my new normal, and and that's kind of what. I did, and um, my the first goal I ever set uh, was in hospital. Um, I got wheeled into the toilet in a commode, and they said, "When you're finished, pull the orange cord, and someone will come and tidy you up." Um, and I was, you know, 23 year old, you know, man. I was, I'm not, no, like I'm not. I know, I know it's your job to look after me. I said, but I have the capacity to, you know, clean myself. Mm. I'm going to learn to do it because I don't, I don't want that. I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to do that. And so in a way I kind of took back control of my life mm-hmm. in, in a way, if you know so what I mean? You refuse to be a victim of your circumstances. Well, yeah. I, I, and it's, that's been my mindset from, 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 from day one post injury is mm-hmm. yes, it's bad. What's happened to me. People have gone through worse. Um, yes, it's bad. Mm-hmm. It's a bit toilet to have to go through but I chose not to be a victim of my circumstance. doesn't mean right. I'm not trying to desensitize anyone. What you've gone life. through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think we all as individuals have a responsibility to take well, I responsibility was going, for ourselves. Yeah. I was going to ask about that is because um, it seems like you, you, and I think you may maybe touched upon this a little bit, but um, it seems like you accepted it so fast, you know, like in the hospital bed. And that makes me curious. Uh, you did mention that later on in life, it caught up to you. So was that, was that like true, like real 100% acceptance or did, were you, was there a, a part of that where it was like, okay, like I'm going to mentally compartmentalize this or, or block it off or just, you know, not really think about it. And then later on in life, did that have an effect on you? Cause I also remember in our earlier conversation, um, uh, prior to this and just getting to know you, uh, you had mentioned that you have experienced depression um, before, right? Yeah. yeah. So. so for me, um, I had accepted my situation for what it was. I, I, that was, that was, you know, my, my, my attitude to it was, you know, a quarter of my upper body is gone and it's never coming back. So there's no point in pining after it because no matter how far advanced medical science gets, it's not going to grow back. I had accepted my situation for what it was. 
Um, I was now a one-armed man um, with the use of a hand that I've never had to use for anything before. Um, and so I set little goals in hospital. So I'd learned to write, you know, the alphabet with my left hand. I'd write my name. And then, and then, and then once I got to a, uh, you know, a, a, a substantive level of handwriting, I would then focus on the presentation of my handwriting. And, and that's kind of what I did. And that was just one little thing of winning my independence back. Because for me, I didn't want anyone to do anything for me. I returned to the military after rehab. I think I was off for six months altogether. Went back to the military. And for me, it was like, well, I want, I'm going to stay in the military. Um, but I don't want to be sort of in the corner collecting dust. Um, so I kind of wanted to earn my spot back in the military. So I got my fitness back up again. So I go out running. Um, I, I can't do press-ups. I can't do pull-ups. Um, but there's no point in focusing on things that you can't do. Um, it's, a, it's a very toxic circle and it's a very sort of long way down a dark hole. But so you focus on, so my focus was on things. What can I do? Well, I can run at the time I can run. Um, I can do, I can do various other things as well. And I you thought, well, bike, right? you, you ride bicycles and now, nowadays you're a cyclist. Oh, that's, that's, right? that was, I ride bicycles now. Um, but, you know, but you're known for that. Like you, uh, sorry, you, you're known for that, right? Do you compete and everything? Like, are you uh, uh, I, don't, race, I don't compete or? on a professional level. Um, I did the Evictus Games and that was kind of a goal that I set in 2016. But, um, you know, I went back to the ministry for three years. I was discharged, medically discharged, medically retired. Um, and that's kind of when my, you know, what, that was 2013. And so the whole of 2013, I've kind of written off really as the worst year of my life. I came out of the military. Um, I did as much as I could during mm -hmm. my transition out of the military to kind of hit the ground running in a sense. You know, um, I, met, I, I did some education to buff up my CV. Um, and that whole year, well, it wasn't even a year, it was eight months, but that eight months became about 327 trips. 327 job applications of which not one led to anything sub-basic. So no, no networking event, no, no interview, no, no, no replies. Running parallel with all of that um, was I, I was living at home with mum and dad in, in essentially my old room. Um, I couldn't get a job. I was living on my savings. That ran out after a while. Did not um, getting a job have anything to do with... Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, oh. I, 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 I think it does um, because because I couldn't get a job. I was on benefits. Um, I I I ran out of money to you know by the end of it. Or I had 15, 15 pence to my nail, fifteen cents to my name. And um, you know after ten years in the military and the things I've achieved and I've done, I was like, this is what I've got to you know what have I really got to look forward to? Um, what I didn't know, like you said earlier, was you know I was depressed. I was massively reclusive. Um, everyone else could see it. I couldn't. And I think that's one of the things that that's the main thing with depression, I think, is you're always in denial that you have it. 
um Hmm. it's just another bad day you know actually oftentimes it's opposite oftentimes it's um um the person feels depressed and he like the person themselves um and know about it but no one else around them like recognizes really? it yeah and everyone else around them is like oh yeah. they're just having a bad day or oh they're just going through something or oh they're just drinking a lot right now and they don't really recognize it as as signs yeah so oh. but that's very interesting to hear that it's interesting that, yeah, that it's yeah, everyone that I've spoken to about it, yeah, Dan, we knew we knew you were depressed. We knew you. What were, did they do about it? Do they do anything, or do they try they, to tell they you? They try and tell you. I think in the end, in the end, a lot of people that I know, well, have known with, who who have been depressed, they they don't. Well, a lot of them said that they're, they're not, hmm. and then they come around to it, um, but. Yeah, I think for me, my mum my, my ended up getting in touch with one of the charities, um, which kind of, um, which kind of set me on, on, uh, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a path to, I suppose, success compared to where I've come from. But you what know, did that, this charity that, do? So they, um, as, as luck would have it, so, well, I say luck would have it, but towards the end of that year, um, I was like, do you know what? I can't get a job. I've got no money. I live at home with mum and dad. I'm 27 years old at the time. Most people my age, you know, are getting on the property ladder. They're getting well established in their careers. They're starting families. And here I am living in my old room, like a 16 year old child that's left school. Um, and I've got nothing to show for my 10 years in the military. And I can't get nothing to show. To be honest, if this is what life's got installed for me, I'd really rather not be part of it. And so I tried to, I tried to end it all. Um, and I got halfway through doing it. Um, what did you do? I tried to hang myself um, mm. um, with a with a with a dressing gown belt, with a get with a bathrobe belt, and um, I got halfway through doing it. Um, and what stopped me was the thought of my mum finding me, because um, mm. my whole family went had been through it with me, and I couldn't bear the thought of mum coming home from work finding me sort of dead in my room. So. That's what stopped me, and, and I said I need I need help. You know, I need I need to get back to London, um, and that was eight years ago. And the charity um, that sort of initially helped me with that was um, a a new startup had um, just begun employing members of the military, uh, so veterans, with the percentage of the workforce uh, being what we call wounded, injured, and sick. Mm -hmm. So mental and physical injuries because of service or during service um there needs to be a lot with, more of that i think yeah in the u.s yeah. as well it's just uh yeah mm -hmm. well it's i think doing that um as a you know as, as, as a as a an organization you know any organization you've got an untapped resource and an untapped skill set you know that's been acquired over so many years through so many different experiences and it gives you a whole different kind of level of looking at something so um so what did you end up doing uh, work -wise? I was a chauffeur. Oh. you know what the people that i was driving were the complete polar opposites of how i was living so i was driving you know successful people the rich famous sometimes um and you know during, during my time with the chauffeur company i was hired help if you like eight of us hired help for the Royal Muse, so we were driving foreign diplomats and royalty round at some point. Um, How did that make you feel? I became a bit of a, 
a sponge, if you like, um, in that I, I spent a lot of time in these people's personal space. Um, and so I, I was like, well, what, what makes these people tick? What gives them their get up and go? What are their routines? Um, because clearly it's working for them. Sounds so, like me all the time. <laughs> Always yeah, wondering those questions really? with everyone. Yeah, everyone. So yeah, what makes people tick? What, yeah, makes them get yeah, up in the morning? What gives them their yeah. get up and go? What, what's their reason to get up in the morning? What do they do about their day? How does their day work? What and are what they doing? I started cherry picking little things like personality traits, if you like, because I had nothing. I was a blank canvas. Mm. Um, and um, I kind of reinvented myself, if you like. And, um, and then I just had a bit of an epiphany one day. And I said, you know what? 2014, I don't care what opportunity I get from this day on. I don't care what it is. I'm just going to say yes and do it. Mm. Because you never know where it's going to lead. And so off the back of that decision, um, you know, I qualified as a scuba diver in 2014. I learned oh, wow. to fly a plane. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I've always been fascinated by airplanes. Um, and I got a, I, I got a flight lesson and, and it was, um, have you, I yeah. never PPL though. Well, I just took one lesson, but it was, um, uh, actually I was like internally, I was like kind of freaking out because I had developed a fear of heights. Um, suddenly oh, ap yeah. after, well, after uh, a good friend of mine um, jumped from a building and killed himself, all of a sudden I developed a fear of heights for like never had this fear ever in my life. I'd been skydiving. I'd been on like the top, like the highest points of, of you know, uh, buildings and towers and bridges, never, ever had a fear of heights. And then all of a sudden I had one. So I almost like forced myself to say yes to um, the plane ride to face this fear. It was scary at first, but then, you know, you're up there and you're like, okay, all right, you know, this is actually really fun. And yeah, <laughs> I still, I still have a little bit of fear. So maybe I should take some more plane lessons. Do you know what? I mean, it's, it's, you know, I, I, I read a, I listened to, um, I listened to a lot of motivational videos in the morning whilst I'm getting ready. Something you know is is six um, was it six rules of success and so on like videos like that. Will Smith did one, and something he said something and it was um, you know absolute or absolute happiness is on the other side of fear, mm. and he's right. He's right. He's absolutely right. I just never got over my fear of spiders. So <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you. Um um so okay so wait so how did you how did you get through your depression um because it sounds like it was pretty bad especially if you know it was like suicidal uh depression um how did did you ever get help for it well you said the charity that gave you employment as a job did that was that what really like sparked your recovery it, yeah yeah absolutely um um in a way, uh, being being at home and not not having a job, not 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 having anything to do, you kind of feel worthless if you like. You've got no purpose in life whatsoever. And you think when you're in the military, um, you, you you have you have a reason to get up. You have a reason to you know turn up on time. You have a reason to do this, this, and this. And it's, it's routine is massive, and it's it's a massive part of my life. It's a massive tool for my life. I need absolutely need routine. Um, mm. When you don't have that, you, you feel like a lost, you feel, you feel lost, do you know what I mean? Um, and I, coupled with the fact that I kind of felt like a drain on society, really. Uh, I wasn't sort of contributing to anything. I wasn't, 
I wasn't worth anything. I wasn't doing anything. Um, it's so it's kind of having yeah. having everything to do than having nothing to do. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing pretty- how how much a sense of purpose um, will do for a person. Yeah. I mean, I. I've always said that that is one of the keys to happiness is having a sense of purpose and knowing your sense of purpose. And people find I mean, it in all different things. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just to get up and make yourself a cup of tea. Can I ask you something? I was yeah. uh, always curious. Um, uh, so would you, like going back in time, like w- would you have given up riding a motorcycle? Um, for uh, if if it could have prevented your accident or no is it all a part of the journey and you're th- and you're glad that you you know got to do it i i i tell everyone this um i i absolutely unequivocally wouldn't change anything um uh i stand by the fact that losing my arm and shoulder is fundamentally the the single most greatest thing that's ever happened to me um, wow how so I, I've done so much with my life like this. It's, it's, it's afforded me opportunities. It's also exposed me to opportunities. Um, the people I've met, the things I've done, uh, I think is it, it would be hundred percent certain would not have happened if this not, if, if this not, if this had not have happened, it's almost like something that makes you like uh, special, right, and and unique, and that, and and gives you um, uh, a, a, another purpose, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> to, exactly. To yeah, I mean, yeah. it's 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 it gave me a whole different outlook, and at the same time, an appreciation for for life itself. Like um, a lot, of, you know, I've I've done away with this whole. Where do I want to be in a year? Where do I want to be in five years? I, I'm not. I'm not about that anymore. Um, it's like goal setting for me became is is a fundamental part. Of, I never knew how how life changing goal setting would become. You know, like now, but in part of my life. But um, I, I think you know you can't look at a year down the line what you want to do if you're not living for today. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So do good today, and you'll have a good day tomorrow. And you do well then, you'll have a good day the day after that. And before you know it, you've got seven good days have made up a week. Weeks make up months. Months make up years. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, if you always if you always look at you know five years time, ten years time, and so on. So you're saying that you live. Uh, what's helped you is living day by day and being present, basically. Yeah, so right. instead me, of concentrating and, so much on the future. Yeah, so I try and do I go out of my way to do good good things for people and I think I do for me it's about helping somebody mm-hmm. that that can't do anything for you. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if I see a homeless man on the street, mm-hmm. I'll I'll go and chat to him. I'll say, Oh, do you want a coffee? Mm-hmm. You know, do you want something to eat? And um and so I'll get him a coffee, but then I'm thinking what's the coffee going to do? Well, I'll get him some sandwiches and a bag of crisps or something. So, right. and then, you know, it's, yes, you know what, you can probably do so with, you know, a couple of pounds or something that you give him, but if you give him something to, to eat or and drink, he's not mm-hmm. going to have to use the money that he's been begging for on, on, on living. He can keep it for something else. And it's, it's like, I'm a big believer in helping people that can do literally nothing for you. And why is that for you? 
because I know what it's like to be at rock bottom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to be, well, as far as I know, nobody wants to be homeless on purpose. Nobody wants yeah. to be, you know, at rock bottom on purpose. Nobody wants, nobody wants to feel less than what they actually are. Does it? Because, okay, so I, I know with depression, like I've experienced depression before. I obviously am in this field. I I know a ton of people that, that have experienced depression. I've lost a lot of friends to suicide. So I'm very well aware of uh, how depression works. Um, so I'm curious for you, your personal experience, does it ever come back? Is it something that like you're constantly having to um, check yourself with or it was it because it's different for everyone also, was it like just that like one time thing? Um, you know, so like real talk, <laughs> you know, right now, yeah. but um, yeah. I think, I don't know, I've never had it come back. Um, I think I, once I finally identified the fact that, you know, I tried to end my life, once I identified that that's not a normal thing, um, I, 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 I began to put things in place. So I need to get back to London was, was the first goal I set out the back end of, of my, my, my rock bottom became the foundations of which I rebuilt my, 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 my entire life, you know, up to today. Um, so because I was depressed, I suppose in a way, if, if, if I, if I knew, or I could, I could visualize that it was coming back, I would go the other way. I, I, I do other things, you know, so like forming habits and so on. So, I mean, at the minute, so now, not the minute, but now, I purposely avoid negative people and situations. Like I don't get involved in it. Um, mm -hmm. um, just because I, I can't, I, I just said basically that anything that costs me, you know, an ounce of my mental wealth and my mental health is already too expensive. I'm not prepared to, you know, to spend it. Do you know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, you know kind of preach this this is how you never get depressed again sort of thing but um because it it, it always come out i don't know what happened you know next month next year something bad might happen but but until then i don't know i don't want to know do you mm -hmm. know what i mean so mm -hmm. i can only do good today mm -hmm. and lead on to tomorrow right, um, right. you know Absolutely. what happened yesterday last week last month i can't control that Mm -hmm. So there's no point in trying to. I can just control here and now. Right. Um, so this whole thing has taught you that, like, you can't really control what happens to you in life um, type thing. But with that said, I know that you said that you don't believe in the, like, five-year, ten-year plan. But do you have, like, a vision for yourself? Do you envision yourself, like, you know, um, like, what do you uh, – what are your goals, I guess, now since you set <laughs> goals for so, yourself? So I, I – for me, my end goal, I just want to be successful in whatever it is I do. So, um, I mean, I have a full-time job, um, and just through the cycling, you know, I, which I, oh, excuse me. It's okay. Just through the cycling, um, you know, when I picked up cycling, I, I used Instagram to sort of track my performance. Um, mm -hmm. Whilst I was doing that, I was training to compete in the Invictus Games. That was another goal that I set. And just through doing that, I was approached by, you know, a, a modeling agency. Um, a long story short, I got signed to an agency. I got signed. I got a modeling contract. Basically, um, that's not my sole source of income. I have, I have a full time job, but um, 
Why do you think people um, respond so well to uh, to you and cycling? What's that? Sorry. Why do you think people respond so well? Uh, are responding so well um, and so supportive of you and cycling? Like, what do you think, think it is that really speaks out to people? I think because they see, you know, they see somebody. I don't know. They see somebody with one arm riding the bike relatively well. Um, and they, they do, they find it inspiring, I suppose. And yeah, they do. I get told a lot of the time, uh, I think you're inspiring and incredible and stuff. And like, I used to get really sort of like uncomfortable around it um, mm. a, a, a while ago when I first started out. But now it's, it's a compliment. And uh, mm -hmm. something that I've struggled with um, sort of, well, until about 2017, 18, um, was confidence told that you know i'm inspiring i've inspired somebody to do something or or somebody's motivated to want to do something with their life because they've seen me out riding a bike it's a massive compliment and you know i've always said if i can help just one person right um it's it's then then Worth i've it. done something right for that you know for a day um mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. just boils down to doing something good for a day it's not about finding something to go and do good mm. it's just doing it like yep humanity is like a part of us as as human beings we want to help each other out type thing so why not you know the way that i see it's always like well if i can why not what do i what do i have to lose like nothing you know and if i really believe in a mission or a purpose or something and i feel like i can help people like why not so i totally get what you're saying i absolutely 100 percent um yeah understand where you're coming from with that and that's why i find like the real do-gooders <laughs> that's where it stems from you know yeah, i mean it's all about I mean, help somebody selflessly. Doesn't matter what you can get out of it. Is that that's not what it's about, you know? Yeah, it's, you could never you talk to the person again, and who cares? Like, yeah, no one, yeah. no one needs to witness this, you know. Or the holy being out there does, you know, not need to witness it. Like, it's not about that, you know. Yeah. Um, I think. Uh, well, it's um, just just help somebody because it's it's the decent human thing to do. Doesn't matter what it looked like, um, you know, how bad, even if it's just a smile, that mm -hmm. one smile could change somebody's day. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I can definitely tell you, obviously, you know, uh, why people think um, you're inspiring and, and you inspire them. I mean, just everything that you've uh, told me about, like throughout this uh, podcast, video cast, um, you know, the way that you handled your circumstances, the way that you, you know, kept moving forward, the way that um, you had the courage enough to, uh, you know, to um, take a good hard look at yourself and, and go you know, and go back home instead of, you know, ending your life and, and, you know, um, um, and keep going and just never being a victim of your circumstances type thing. That is a mentality that is, um, I think not that common. It is a bit more rare and whether that's because of your military training or, you know, just the way that you were born or the way that you're raised or like, you know, the reason behind it doesn't matter. It's the fact that you are quite resilient um, as a human being, and as you said, a professional life liver. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I think, I think the societal norms from what I've witnessed is it's always somebody else's fault. Like, everyone's pointing their finger, you know, I got up late this morning, it's your fault. You know, I was late for the bus, it's your fault. And it's like, well, hang on a minute. What part of it are you taking responsibility for? And it's like, everyone's always looking for somebody else to blame. 
Like mm. nobody wants to take responsibility for their actions. Like, um, uh, the, you know, the, the victim mentality is, I don't want to say it, but it's kind of rife. You know, I think, again, that's why people do um, look up to you is that, you know, you don't allow for a victim mentality. You're just living your life, you know, still helping other people, still being being you, Dan, you know, being yourself and 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 um doing all these things and bicycling and whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. It just it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Although I do yeah, want to ask you, sorry, <laughs> if you want to no, add to no, that. I think, I think it's great actually that you uh, that, that you said that actually. It's um I don't want anyone thinking like, you know, so really bad has happened therefore you know don't don't be a victim of it it's like uh, victims of circumstance i.e you know um getting up late being late for work not doing well at your job or whatever but actually then, but then being victim of of you know of, of you know things into mental health conditions rape um child abuse and that that that's not part of the conversation so i mean that's 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 you know i've got i've got friends that have been victims of that and 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 um and it does profoundly affect your whole life it really absolutely i mean i wanted to ask you like on a day-to-day basis how much does it uh, affect your life like do you think about it at all or no is it just no do you know what i see how i am now um that this is my normal i was going to write not, I wasn't going to write a book, but um, somebody said, that, Dan, you should definitely write a book. And I was like, well, what would I call it? And I, said, I, went, I went home and I, said, I was like, um, was it living extraordinarily normally? Um, extraordinarily normally? Living, yeah. Could you repeat that? Living extraordinarily normally. Oh, okay. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> I, I just thought that's quite a bit of a ring to that. Yeah. But, yeah, well, I mean, on your uh, uh, Instagram, uh, it's called yeah. Dan the One Armed Wonder, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that speaks for itself, like right there, the way that you. Well, I think because do you know what, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I'm not a man with one arm. I'm a man that has one arm. Yeah. You know I mean, I'm not, def- I'm not defined by this. It doesn't exactly. define me. Like, I'm not oh the guy with one arm. I'm, I'm the guy who just happens to have one arm. Do you know what I mean? So it's... I think you hit it on the head there because I think that's that's kind of along the lines what we were talking about with the victim mentality. Yeah, is that like, you know, it doesn't have to like define you. You know, whatever yeah. happens to you does not necessarily mean like like you are this thing that happened to you, you know? It's you're so much yeah, more than that. Yeah. Hmm. It's, um, yeah, is that, is that like you said, doesn't define me. Something bad has happened to me, like something bad has happened to me, it fundamentally changed my life. You know, now I see it for the better, but it's fundamentally impacted my life for the rest of my life. But it doesn't define who I am as a person. Like, mm-hmm. it's... Yeah, it was like yeah. blessing, blessing in disguise. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Part of me thinks it was meant to happen. Mm, interesting. Yeah. And at the same time, and at the same time, you know, um, because it it, it did have a profound effect. So you are obviously um, uh, 
you are obviously um, doing um, uh, great things w with it and, and sharing uh, like great messages to people out there. So I want to ask you with that said, um, to wrap things up, I always like to ask this question. Um, what are some words of advice or inspiration that you can give to someone who has experienced something similar to maybe um, someone who has just recently woken up and, and found out that they're uh, missing a limb? Um, rock bottom isn't the final destination. Like um, this, you know, one the, the bad things that have happened. It's not the end. It's just part of the journey. Um, and I suppose, in a way, what's what 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 has happened to you, how you deal with it, is going to define who you are. Um, you know, I've come to find out exactly what I'm capable of. Um, so, yes, it's bad that it's happened, um, and we, as 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 people that had bad things happen to us, we have to accept it, acknowledge it, accept it, and then rebuild with that as part of your foundations. If you look at your life as a story, that's the first chapter. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, beautiful, beautiful. First chapter of your life as a story. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Dan. Um, it's been such a pleasure having you and uh, yeah, and, and we'll definitely be in touch. Enjoy your quarantine COVID for now. <laughs> and maybe I'll see you when you uh, come out to California for your race. Hopefully, yeah, I'll let you know, I'll let you know. But thanks for a great conversation. Yeah, you too. Yeah, thank you so much. Have a great day. Okay, bye everyone. I'll see you soon. Bye.